Hello, everybody, and welcome back to Under the Bridge for our most maddening episode yet. Hi, Wesley. <laughs> Hi. Um. Yes, this is our maddening... Some people could call this the most maddening multiversal podcast. Let's move on. Wow. <laughs> I, I set us up great, and you just... <laughs> You just took that and that's, stumbled. That's what I'm good for. Taking away <laughs> people's moment. Anyways, Anyways, I'm Cody, a.k.a. the Scarlet Troll. I'm Nick, a.k.a. Agent Duckman. And we're not joined by Greg because he was too lazy to go see Marvel movies Oh, that's week. not fair. He had a really... He, he genuinely could not find one because everything got sold out. Lies. <laughs> that's fine. Wow. What? Harsh. But accurate. Harsh, but accurate, you know? I am also gonna talk smack now. Ha <laughs> ha. You thought I was gonna play the devil's advocate, but no! I'm sick of it. Anyways, poor, let's get into it. Poor Greg. Okay. First, the stuff that doesn't have to do with Doctor Strange and the Multiverse of Madness. Let's so, start off with Guardians 3 has rap principal production. Woohoo! So that's neat. Is the holiday special done too? I don't know. I would presume, since that's coming out first, they would want to wrap that up. They probably also shot the Love and Thunder scenes in the same, like, set. I'm assuming they did a really long shoot with the Guardian cast when they had them, and then they used that for the holiday special and for uh, Love and Thunder as well. Might have. I don't know. It's kind of hard to tell when production for various things really went around because COVID kind of, you know, yeah, absolutely wrecked everything. Correct. But, still, but yeah, I'm excited good. to see that. It's still it's still shooting to come out in May of next year, so we're only about a year away from the probably tear-jerking, heart-wrenching final outing of this particular iteration of the Guardians. Uh, do you think they're either going to drop the Guardians or are we going to get new Guardians? I don't know. I feel like, now that the Guardians' name is actually worth something, they're probably going to make a new iteration. I don't know. I don't necessarily think they're gonna have james gunn do it adam warlock i could see them maybe keeping a couple of people starting a new team around based around either people who showed up in this movie or people who they find afterward and then rolling from there adam warlock <laughs> oh adam warlock's in this movie adam warlock for next gen quite possibly or maybe he's Gamora's new boo, and then Peter has to accept that Gamora isn't who he remembers because it's literally a different Gamora, and she's never going to remember those exact memories of him anyway, and it's time to move on with his life. Damn, that's probably what they're actually going to do. We'll see. We'll see. Whatever. I'm more than ready for it. I love Guardians. Guardians 2 is probably one of my favorite movies in the MCU. It's not necessarily one of the better ones in terms of just quality, but... It's definitely one of my favorites, and I cry at Yondu's funeral literally every time. I love the thing that Yondu says, like, I'll never be your father, but I'll always be your daddy. That's the saddest oh, thing ever said. Oh, that he wasn't said. your father, but he yeah. sure ain't your daddy. Yeah, that's like the, the saddest thing ever said. Ugh. Quite good. Quite good. Well... Speaking of stuff that makes me sad... Oh, yeah, this George is a Perez huge one. Died. George Perez and you said Neil Adams also died like last week, right? Yeah, unfortunately, I for I I want to say I forgot to include it, but actually, it was just sad, and I didn't feel like I didn't feel like dealing with it. But then when George Perez died, it's like okay, I guess we just roll both of these in. 
Yeah, it's both legends. Both legends, both mainly DC legends. If I if I if I would say so myself. Yeah, because I mean George Perez did a obviously great reboot of Wonder Woman. He's the reason why Wonder Woman has like the origin story, like the fleshed out origin story, right? Yeah, penciler for uh the new Teen Titans. And then Neil Adams was pivotal in getting right credit for Jerry Siegel and Joe Shuster for the Superman fiasco. Publishers hated him. He's also kind of, kind of was an egomaniac too. That's a whole other thing, though. <laughs> uh, he did make John Stewart though, so not, not the not the comedian talk show host. God, imagine lady. if he was actually John Stewart's dad. Oh God. <laughs> but yeah, no. If you like that Justice League Unlimited show and the Justice League series that led directly into it with Jon Stewart, you can thank Neil Adams. Neil, Neil Adams did do a lot for DC, did do a lot for Batman. I guess he also co-created Raj al Ghul, Man Bat, and, and you know, of course, Jon Stewart. So he, yeah. he, he did actually add a lot. Uh, and then, of course, George Perez is a huge loss. Uh, Crisis and in Infinite Earths, right? Uh, and JLA Avengers. Oh, yeah. Fuck. Really? Yeah. That was Perez? Yeah. Which, not that long ago, they did a reprint. In a, it, I think it was to... I think the proceeds were to help with whatever health things he had going on. Or it was to donate to something. And it was in honor of the fact that he was having some real serious health problems. I really should have looked this part up. And I was very upset because I wanted to get it. But, there, but I did not get the opportunity to get a reprint of JLA Avengers. And now they're all, you know super expensive so i guess perez also worked for marvel doing the he just started doing uh penciling for the Mar for the avengers in the 70s so i don't know he has a pretty wide uh variety it looks like of what he did but i mean a lot of the uh, iconic stuff comes from dc for him so oh yeah but he did some stuff it looks like looking at what he did he did do a good quite a bit of fantastic four quite a bit of defenders quite a bit of avengers so, so yeah, I don't know. Good for him, you know. He, I definitely, definitely two legends that will be missed. Absolutely. Let's go to something sunnier. Miss oh. Marvel stuff. Oh no. No, it's fine. Okay. What is it? Since Disney Plus doesn't exist in Pakistan, Miss yeah. Marvel's actually going to be getting a theatrical release. And I think that's a cool idea, actually. <laughs> Honestly, I'm kind of sad that these series don't really get anything over here. Like, I would go see the first episode, at least, in theaters. I wouldn't necessarily go see all six episodes of, like, Hawkeye in theaters, but if they put the first episode up, I'd pay to go see it. I wouldn't pay $12 to go see it, but... Ugh, that's a whole other thing. I don't, yeah. I don't know. I, I think it's a good idea, especially for these countries that don't have uh, Disney+. Plus. You know, I think... My roommate's girlfriend doesn't have, you know, in Canada, they don't have Disney Plus, or it's limited. In Canada? It's limited, I think, because she doesn't really have access to it. Are you kidding me? Yeah, it's America's America. That's insanity. Let me, let me fact check myself. <laughs> but uh, I think that's the, I, th I think that's a thing, but that's kind of cool. I like what they're doing there. C continue on. Uh, we also have news. Carrying on with Miss Marvel stuff, that Bollywood star Farhan Akhtar, I probably butchered that name and I apologize, will be appearing in a guest starring role. I am not familiar with his work because I am unfortunately woefully behind on Bollywood stuff, but it's always neat to see when they bring in people who are famous for films outside of the Hollywood market, like getting Tony Leone for The Mandarin. Hmm. 
Uh, sorry, they're uh, just fact checked. They do have Canadian but Disney Plus. Okay. They're missing quite a lot of stuff. A lot of it's the old classic Disney stuff. Ah. Uh. For some reason, and then I guess I don't know. The stuff they're missing is very much stuff that aren't going to be missed here. So. Huh. Interesting. There, there's also stuff that's added to them that we don't have here, like Modoc from <laughs> Hulu is added on there. Agents of All Shield right. is added over there. Well, we have Agents of Shield now. Do we? Yeah, it got added with the Defender stuff. Do we have Mrs. Doubtfire and <laughs> Bridge to Terabithia? That's a question. <laughs> Some weird. Yeah, I don't know. Very weird ones, quite honestly. Mrs. Doubtfire is one of those ones where, yeah, it 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 it's funny the first time, and then you think about it, and then you realize I think his wife had a point. <laughs> this man should not have his kids. He's he's kind of a loon. I don't know. That's a really good movie. I really enjoy that movie. That's one. Oh, of, yeah. That's one of William's best roles by by by, by a long shot. But now we've gone on a tangent. Uh, going back to the uh, Farhan Har- um, Ar- Akht- what is his name? Farhan. I no longer Akhtar. feel as bad about butchering his name. <laughs> I can't. I, I can't word right now. So great. So, <laughs> he's gonna be in a guest starring role in this. Yeah. Huh. At least that's how it's been described. I have no idea what his work looks like because I don't watch a lot of Bollywood. I love Bollywood. Bollywood's the most over-the-top shit ever, and I love it. I love over-the-top, like, Indian action movies. They're absolutely insane. I haven't ever sat through a full one, but the clips I see of them are amazing. I absolutely love it. Like, physics don't uh, don't work over there for some reason. All right. Yeah. I'm all, I'm all down for it, though, and I, I actually kind of like the whole, like, theatrical release thing. It's kind of cool. Yeah. And then something that just came up that I found more recently than when I sent you the list, Kevin Feige's finally offered some clarification as to why her powers have been changed. Yeah, I've seen that article floating around. Well, what's, what's the going on The exact quotes are, Kamala came about in a very specific time within the comic book continuity, she is now coming into a very specific time within the MCU continuity, and those two things didn't match. He also says... It taps into the future of her story as it connects to her other friends that she will meet in the upcoming film, The Marvels. She's interested in knowing, great, does that mean I'm an Asgardian? Did I get hit with gamma rays? No, it's seemingly none of those things. It goes to her own past and her heritage and lineage. So, reading between the lines, I'm pretty sure that that means her powers got changed because A, fuck the Inhumans, and B, Marvel synergy, which... Yeah, all right. Um, I would have still preferred him bigoting and stretchy powers, but it's at least... At least it doesn't seem like it's because Mr. Fantastic was showing up. I I, I mean, yeah, at least he clarified it. I mean, I don't know. I, I don't really know Kamala Khan all that much, so, you know, I'm just kind of like... I, I know that that isn't definitely what it's supposed to be, but I, I'll give him a pass because... When we get to Doctor Strange, I think they changed America Chavez a little bit. That you know, oh, they did, but we'll get to we'll that. get to that because like I I don't know I I actually wanted to talk to you about that because you know a little bit more about the character than I do. So when we get to the yeah. review of Doctor Strange, we'll get to that. But I I think that they're them doing you know um these changes you know isn't necessarily a bad thing as long as they're like they're they're synergy with it like you said. I I mean I don't like major changes to major characters because that's dumb. You know, right? Just don't screw up. You know, you've got a character bible literally written since the 1960s for half these characters. Don't screw yeah. them up. Yeah, like don't screw them up you know, significantly. I mean, you know, characters go through changes. Characters go through arcs. I get that, but there's specific things inside of that bible you shouldn't change. You know, right? Like Tony Stark can't just start. You know, I mean, he's a snarky asshole. He can't just start. Like you know, I mean, 
there's certain things about the characters that you can't change, you know? You can't have Iron Man and give him Colossus powers and expect that it's going to go over well. <laughs> yeah, there, there's, that's a good one. Uh, Tony Stark can't just be walking around with a bottle of liquor everywhere. <laughs> no, that's pretty on point for Tony Stark. You know what? It is, I just can't stop thinking about the fact that liquor was his <laughs> arch, animus, uh, arch nemesis for a little bit. <laughs> Yeah, that is pretty funny. <laughs> I want to see him fight. Oh god. Okay, I'm done with I'm done with my weird. Let's make weird fake superheroes and supervillains. Uh, oh, not again! Class. Please, I beg you. <laughs> I still haven't recovered from Spice. <laughs> so, so okay, okay, okay. One, one more. Okay, so. <laughs> oh no. Greg, where are you? I need to stop this. Iron Iron Man Iron Man has a counterpart to spice and it's rum. So when they put they team together they make spice rum. I regret everything that led up to this. <laughs> Moving on. Sorry. Yeah. You better be. Ugh. So another bit of news <laughs> <that> actually <laughs> He's okay, a captain. So, He's a pirate captain that shoots rum out of his hands. I'm shut sorry. up! Go on. Sam Raimi says that Universal is talking about making a sequel to Dark Man. Oh boy. Which I haven't seen. I haven't either. <laughs> I kind of want to now. What is Dark Man? It was actually Sam Raimi's first major studio picture as really? a director. And oh shit! I, guess it was I know made what this because is. I know he couldn't get is. the rights to Batman or the Shadow, so he just decided to make his own superhero. Yeah, I know what this is. It's a kind of a cult classic movie. I've never watched... I know what it is now, now that you said that. Yeah, it's a very obscure-ass movie. Honestly, do it. You know? I have no yeah. problem. And Liam Neeson's still alive, so, you know, make it an older Dark Man. There you go. Or get somebody else. I think I've had quite enough of Liam Neeson. <laughs> He plays the same character in every role. That's... No, but not really the problem. The problem is I saw memory, and I wish I could forget it. <laughs> that, that's that's clever. Thank you. Thank you. It actually just... <laughs> I did not plan that. <laughs> Let's move on. Let's move on from San Ravi. Trailers! Trailers! We got some this week. We're going to start doing this with the trailers, because it makes sense. Don't say that, then we'll run out of trailers. As soon as you say that, you're going to curse us, and next week there's going to be no trailers. No, we'll have to watch the shitty ones from, like, Apple Plus TV that come out. (laughs) Obi-Wan! Obi-Wan! It got a new trailer. What is your opinion on it? Because I have opinions. It's alright. I'm scared they're going to ruin it, like they do everything Star Wars related. Mando was good. After just replaying through all nine movies in LEGO Star Wars... Because I bought the new Lego Star Wars game and I've been playing that, I'm kind of on a Star Wars binge again, and I'm curious to see where they're gonna what they're gonna do with the character. I'm curious to see, like obviously they showed in the trailer, like you know, Obi watching over Luke as at a young age. You know, I mean, he obviously knew who Ben Kenobi was because he called him Ben in the movies, like he knew him in Episode I Four. I did really like the when the boys is old enough, he must be trained. Oh, like you trained his father. I was like, damn. Yeah, damn. Yeah. Owen's coming at him with Owen coming at him with the good shit. Yeah, there's there's a lot that I mean, obviously there's the 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 sting the stinger for the trailer is uh, is Vader, which I don't think anyone didn't think we weren't gonna get Vader in a thing set during this time. 
I, oh I, no, it was confirmed Hayden Christensen was back. Is it? Is it Christensen? Apparently. Oh wow, that's very interesting. Actually, that they didn't just go straight for um for uh uh what was damn why am I, why am I blanking on his name? He's the most iconic voice at all time. James Earl Jones. Thank you. God. We don't know that he's not involved. Just presumably, it's Hayden Christensen inside the suit. I mean, yeah, Hayden Christensen actually got a custom suit made for him for Revenge of the Sith. So, Ooh. like, he he wanted to play Darth Vader. Like, he wanted to not only be Anakin Skywalker, he specifically asked for them to fit a suit so he could be Darth Vader in the person as well for the, like, a couple of scenes that he had. So, I know he's very committed nice. to wanting to play the character. So, I'm all for it, honestly. If he wants to do it, I mean, it, it makes sense, you know? And it makes sense that it's Hayden Christensen because this is a younger Obi. So, like, you know, like, this is a couple of years after the events of Episode 3. So yeah. it's, it's and if we could get an actually good Vader Obi Wan fight, oh my god, that's all I want right now! Holy don't shit! Don't get me wrong, I have some concerns about the idea of it. Feels like that's going to contradict A New Hope, but I mean, no more or less than the prequels do. Well, okay, <laughs> so the way that the A New Hope opens with like you know those two fight, I've seen you. I haven't felt this presence in a long time. How long? It's very, you know, vague. Yeah. It could have been, a, like, a couple of years, because, I mean, keep in mind, the Luke in the trailer, uh, he looked like he was, like, seven or eight. You know, Luke is, like, 18 when, like, the movie starts, so... Yeah. This could be, like, you know, they had one encounter eight, the ten, eight, ten or so years ago while, while Vader was trying to figure out who, you know, where, where Luke is, what Luke was doing, because Vader wants to keep his eye on him because he wants him to be a pawn for the Empire, the Emperor... You know, um, and then maybe he, you know, they get in a fight, and that might be the finale as they do a Vader, a Vader Obi fight. And then, then uh, ostensibly, that would be the last time that they see each other until Episode Four, and that would be this is filling in the cracks for everything in between what he was doing in the desert until Episode Four. As long as we get something better than them weakly tapping each other's lightsabers. Well, that was also the seventies, so <laughs> I know, but it's still it's so <laughs> jarring to go from Revenge of the Sith. To a new home. To one of the absolute best fight scenes in a sci-fi movie ever on Mustafar. You can't top that. Like, ugh. And then you go to a new hope and it's just... Eh. I'ma get you. <laughs> I'ma get you. No, no, they're gonna do it. I mean, they have that one weird Sith girl who I don't know what her purpose is or why she exists. But She's an Inquisitor, I think. Oh, uh, that makes a little more sense, but why does she have a, 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 a saber? I don't... Is she force like is she does she have force powers? Is she It's times like this I really wish I was more into Star Wars lore, but I feel like if I was more into Star Wars lore, I'd be really depressed by where Star Wars is instead of just ambivalent. Yeah, no, don't I mean I'm I'm not as big as our friends, Chase and Jeff are, but like Yeah. I definitely know my way around it quite a bit, and I am. It is fresh on my mind after playing Lego Star Wars, so. Because basically all that was is just a refresher for me. And honestly, I'm glad I played through it right before Obi Wan, because now I have a refresher of the whole trilogy, so. Mm. You know, just. It was like. Because it's a recap. That's all it is. It's a recap. So that's all I got is a nice refresher of everything that happened, so. I'm ready for the for, for Obi Wan. So we can move on to the next thing, because I think we talked about Obi Wan too far, far too long, but. I'm cautiously eh, optimistic. We can review it weekly like we did with, uh. Moon Knight. Moon Knight. That's the, I'm blanking on names tonight. Holy crap, I'm bad. Yeah, no, it's really something. <laughs> Speaking of really something, weird. The <laughs> Al Yankovic story. It's definitely weird, I can tell you that. <laughs> I, I feel like it's not weird enough. I feel like they... I feel like 
da- Daniel Daniel Radcliffe is not a ca- good casting choice for this. No, and I feel I like because yeah. this whole this whole movie is obviously a joke, right? This is a bit. I don't get it. Okay, I as far as because this started as like a funnier die skit, literally. Yeah, something like that. I I feel like it was either funny or die or it was college humor. Hmm. But yeah, no, like I feel like this is supposed to be a parody of musician biopics, but the problem is like it doesn't feel crazy enough to really be a good one. We I definitely will watch it. You know, I know it's coming direct to streaming, so I don't have to leave the house for it. So that, that's a plus right there. Oh yeah, I mean, Weird apparently Weird Al co-wrote the uh, co-wrote script. You know, for the screenplay. You know, if he co-wrote it, it's at least going to be funny. So yeah, like, I'll I just watch wish it. the trailer had any of that. I just don't think Daniel Radcliffe looks or looks or sounds the part, even when he's trying to put on his American accent. No, see, that's that's why I think I think that's part of the it's bit. Part of the, the bit is that it's. it's yeah, okay. I see it's a saying. terrible idea, especially because Weird Al Yankovic is probably one of the most drama-free performers ever. <laughs> there is very little to be made, I should think, in making a Weird Al movie. Other than he's a weirdo that played accordion and got really famous. Yeah. No, like, <laughs> it, Weird Al does not, by all accounts, seem to be an especially troubled or dramatic person. So. I feel like this whole thing's a bit, but it 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 feels like it's not playing itself goofy enough to be a really good bit just from this trailer. I mean, I'll give it a shot. I'll watch it. I'll I I just yeah. It sounds like it's an. It sounds like this is one of those ironic movies, like a mockumentary sort of deal, or not like a mockumentary, yeah. but like it's it's make it has the same like you know appeal that they're trying to I do. feel like the closest it gets to okay this this feel this is definitely intentionally absurd is Daniel Radcliffe just going I need an accordion and then just three people hand him accordions Yeah I think that's about as close as it gets to feeling genuinely absurd We'll see I mean who knows with with the people behind it it could be anything Right So speaking of anything and weird Holy crap, uh, Crimes of the Future looks weird. <laughs> Cronenberg, you mad bastard, you're at it again. I love Cronenberg, so I will legitimately watch anything he does. He's With one your of... body horror sci-fi commentary nonsense, and give it, it to me. And once again, it's another indie film starring, um, I, I, I don't know, I guess I really can't call it indie if it's Cronenberg. Well, no, I can. It's, a, it's made by Neon, it's not made by a big company. Yeah. But it's another it's another indie film starring Kristen Stewart and Viggo Mortensen. So you know, Kristen Stewart tends to do really good in her indie indie indie, indie roles now nowadays. Like she pretty much is like has the same bitch face, the resting bitch face, and doesn't really she she plays the same character, but like she's finding her um she's finding her path away from Bella and starting to play other characters, kind of like how Pattinson's doing. Mm. Um, however, Pattinson legitimately doesn't like hollywood movies he's he's just kind of finding his footing with them again after after twilight Kristen stewart also i think it's the same way i think i think twilight kind of gave them both a bad taste in their mouth that being said this is very the most cronenberg cronenberg movie i've ever seen it looks very cronenberg (laughs) the bit with the bit with the stomach unzipping that was weird that was yeah i mean 
this to me screams like okay this is uh, it's the same concept of like and they even like mention it like surgery and pain are like the way that people get pleasure in this you know now universe now now that you know pain isn't a thing that people experience oh Um, hi hellraiser well, it's either Hellraiser or Cronenberg also, you know, directed Crash, which is also a similar idea. It's mm. like the fact that we are vulnerable beings and that, you know, the arousal comes out of the the danger and the thrill of it. And I think that that's what he's trying to build on is the same themes as Crash, but with a very weird sci-fi future twist. I don't know. It's definitely on the award circuit. It said it was a canned selection in the trailer. They definitely sho- shoved that in your face. I'm not going to lie. When I saw from from the director of Crash I I thought they were talking about the 2004 film at first and I was incredibly disappointed that David Cronenberg had made that that the idea that David Cronenberg had made that movie and I was very relieved to find oh no completely different film never yep. mind yep 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 different film same concepts that's it but you know I, I don't know I'm going to definitely watch it I like Cronenberg a lot uh I'm a huge fan of Videodrome that's like my favorite thing he's made that that and The Fly uh, are both excellent movies so definitely I I probably can convince my roommate to go with me honestly to that one so he'll probably join us to that one as well uh, cuz I remember Shivers that was a that was a weird and unnerving movie Yeah he's he's a, he's definitely a character he's like David Lynch you either like him or you hate him <laughs> Well I like him I do too, and you know what I also think is interesting is our the last movie that we're talking about uh, from the trailer. Next to last. Week. Oh, next to last. We have another one. Yeah, the big, the big overblown James Cameron one. Oh, I don't want to talk about blue people. Okay, well, we're gonna. But first, we're gonna talk about "Don't Worry, Darling," starring Florence Pugh, uh, Harry Styles, Florence P. <laughs> Styles. That's worse. That's so much worse. <laughs> and, and good old Chris Pine. It looks interesting. I mean, I'm assuming the reason you put this on the list is it stars Florence Pugh. So <laughs> I just saw it because it was on a list of things where a trailer came out this weekend. But also, yeah, Florence. Pugh. I, I know you. I know you really like Florence Pugh, and it seems like this. You know, she's starting to kind of branch out a little bit. I think I that Florence after- do. You Florence do the do? No, not that. Not no. Uh, yeah, no. I'm curious to see what this movie is about. The mystery. It looks like it's like a a mystery thriller. I don't know if it's necessarily a horror movie, but it looks like a mystery thriller. So I'm the curious. description I've seen is psychological thriller, and I I love me some fifties aesthetic. So I do too. I like this whole. Oh, it's something called the Victory Project in 1950s America. Hmm, like, what does that mean, you know? Yeah, this <laughs> is, is this... probably something horrible. I think what this is about is it's about it's about the blind side, the, you know, taking a blind side to the war. You know, like, hmm. like, like you know how in the 50s, like, most, most, most people were very supportive of the war, um, and they just kind of blindly supported the war? I mean, albeit, I think we were justified in fighting World War II. <laughs> World After War II they... was over by that point. Yeah, no, but like the 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 idea of setting it towards the post-war, like the Korea was going on nearest. I think it's uh, just yeah. like Korea rather than World War Two. Yeah, you know? I was gonna say I'm like I don't, <laughs> I don't know if that tracks. Okay, I am a dummy. Let's start. Let's let's look okay. at. 
Korea. During Korea, people just blindly supported it because, yeah, fight communism. And this right. is basically like, you know, I think it's trying to give off of the, oh, well, you know, we're going to blindly support this, but what does this cause, really? And, you know, her uncovering more about the nature of this victory project and what they're doing, you know, might be an allegory to, like, the blindness that we take toward, like, we took towards certain conflicts. Yeah. Maybe um, it's mind control. Who knows? Maybe it's MK Ultra. That'd be really cool. <laughs> <laughs> um, I don't know. I'm curious to see what they're going to do with it. It looks interesting. First film that I think I've actually seen Harry Styles in, so. You saw Eternals, right? Yeah, but that was that didn't count because it was like two seconds of him. It was an actual fair. role, like, you know, that I've seen him in, so. Yeah. Oh, no, no, case, never same. mind. Never mind. He was in Dunkirk. I forgot about that. Oh, yeah, I've never seen that one. Really should. <laughs> That's what I've been told. Dunkirk was excellent. That was, that was, did it win Best Pictures? No, it didn't win Best Picture, but it was nominated for sure. All right. Yeah, that was, that, that honestly, yeah, that should have beaten The Shape of Water, in my opinion. That, that, that should have beaten, there's a lot of movies. The 90th one was stacked. That was 2017, 2018. That was a stacked year. And, uh, regardless, Harry Styles can act. I can, I, I, that proved it to me. So I'm curious to see what he'll do in, uh, Don't Worry Darling. Uh, and, nice. you know, because that, that was his first role was in Dunkirk. So he's and only done. Course, hmm? Chris Pine. And Chris Pine, who can't do anything wrong. Yeah, now that he's been cleared of sending people cannibalistic texts. Yeah, that was my fault. I'm sorry, you're not Army <laughs> Hammer. <laughs> Army Hammer, though, you know, I think think we need to keep an eye on that guy. Oh, yeah, definitely. If he gets to play a movie like... What if he's Werewolf, werewolf by Night? Oh, no. I don't oh. think he would be. Oh, God. The thought of those texts in my mind when I see him. Oh, God. Speaking of horrifying humanoids, Avatar Way of Water. Eh. <laughs> That's my review. Yeah, I have seen this trailer now in both 2D and 3D, and I'm not particularly impressed either way. I'm gonna see it day one because it's a James Cameron movie in 3D, and um, I'm sorry that man can sell me a, a, that man can sell me a 90 minute movie of somebody painting a wall in 3D, <laughs> and I'll watch it. I mean, I'll probably go see it too. I need to watch the first Avatar before then, but I don't know. For me, it's just a... Yeah, it looks great. Do me a favor, Cody. If they ever re-release... They're gonna really release Avatar at some point before Avatar 2 because it's been, like, freaking over 13 years since the original. Go see it in 3D. I will go with you. I need to see it again in 3D because that was the first movie that actually made me, like, care about 3D. And he spent a lot of money on the 3D effects for that movie. So I'm I'm thinking, this movie I think is more focused on his underwater like filmmaking ability, which he's proven before in like movies like The Abyss and shit. So mm. like you know he's he's a very very he really likes the underwater. He really likes the sea. Uh, I think we're gonna get a lot of like genuine James Cameron out of this in terms of his cinematography. I don't know. It's probably gonna be an absolutely gorgeous movie. It's probably gonna win like every set design and every academy award you can get for like makeup and stuff like that i'm just curious to see what they can do with the concept of blue people i mean it it, it really couldn't do much with the concept i don't know where you're gonna take it it didn't look interesting at all quite honestly like everything i saw in the trailer is like this doesn't make sense or i don't care 
You know, mm. like, I just don't care anymore about Avatar. Avatar, if Avatar 2 came out in, like, 2010, it probably would have hype around it. And everybody's only cares about it because I don't, because it was the highest grossing movie of all time for a while. That's it. Oh, no, it still is now. Well, I of think. course it is. I think they did another re-release and now it's back on top. I don't remember. I, what, whatever. I would go see the original in 3D. Just to say you did, because that's like the big movie that a lot of people got their mind changed about 3D for. Fair. Other than that, I'm going to go see it. I'm probably not going to like like it and just be like, ooh, pretty colors. So <laughs> I'm probably only going to care about what's going on around the characters, not what the characters are doing at all. <laughs> that sounds relatable. I'm tired of talking about blue people. I'm getting exhausted already. All right, let's go to the box office. Okay, and then we got the gaming news. We do. So, I don't think it's any surprise to say that Doctor Strange 2 Multiversal Boogaloo took the weekend. It is of at $187 million domestically and $411 million worldwide. Just to point out, that is better than the entire theatrical run of Black Widow or Eternals, although Black Widow was hampered by simultaneous Disney Plus release, and it's only about $20 million away from the total box office run of Shang-Chi. Wow. So, Strange is going to be the first MCU movie that doesn't involve three Spider-Men <laughs> swinging around to pull down the big bucks since the horrifying pandemic started to subside and movies started coming back. To be fair, this is quite an essential movie to the story and uh we'll get more into that during the discussion phase but there are some surprises that i'm sure once they are learned about people will go see the movie for oh that yeah. weren't originally interested so oh yeah we'll get into that during spoiler talk but in second place and th when i say places this is just domestically for this weekend although i do have some other totals the bad guys took 9.5 million domestic I want to support that movie i still haven't seen it it's quite good. I liked it. It looks and it's cute. at 57.3 million domestic total and 148 million worldwide. Sonic 2 is in third place at 6 million domestic for a 169.7 million domestic total and 349 million dollars worldwide. Fantastic Beasts in fourth at 4.2 million dollars domestic for an 86.3 million total or 364.7 million dollars worldwide. And in fifth place, everything, everywhere, all at once, at 3.5 million domestic. It d is at 41.7 for a domestic total, but I guess worldwide it hasn't really been released in a lot of markets or isn't doing super well because it's only at 45.6 million worldwide. So pretty much all of that is from domestic totals. To be fair, good on it. It's, it was it was a. Uh... Set up for failure, quite honestly, and it's proven itself to be a pretty, you know, critically acclaimed movie. Oh, yeah. Um, I had a good time. I, I need to watch it. I love Michelle Yeoh. I love action movies. I love Hong Kong stuff. That's, like, my thing. So, I'm sure I'll enjoy it. But, yeah. Okay. So, box office totals. Uh, sounds about right. <laughs> Strange cleaned up, and everybody else is just like, all right, what's left? The only thing that I don't like is that Fantastic Beast is still in the top five, but that's just because that... Seems like a slap in the face. Yeah, especially the fact that it's currently at more money than Sonic 2, which... I mean, I guess I I can't really weigh in because 
fantastic. I haven't seen Secrets of Dumbledore, but to my credit, I did see the first fanta- the first two Fantastic Beasts, and that's why I didn't go see Secrets of Dumbledore. I might watch it when it comes on HBO Max. Just same. I don't want to go to the theater to watch something with fangirls who are going to be like, "Oh, they did the thing," because I can do that for Marvel movies and enjoy it. But if I'm at a Harry Potter movie, I'll just be confused. <laughs> Like, at Marvel movies, like I can be like, oh, yeah, that's the thing. Or I go, oh, that's cool. Cody, what's that? <laughs> oh, man, there was... There's been so many uh the things in, in this last year or so of Marvel movies, but we'll get to that. Moving on. We'll get to that. Hit me with that game news. Okay, I'm going to hit you hard. Not really. There's not a lot to talk about. <laughs> Ow. Um... How could you do that to me? Before we get to the releases and the roundup uh, for history, uh, I do have an article. Um, This has been going around. Uh, We got clarification on Gotham Knights finally. Oh, dear. It is actually going to have four-player co-op, goddammit. Hey! (laughs) Now, if if only the Suicide Squad game will actually allow you to play as all four of the Suicide Squad members, I'll be happy. But it looks like Gotham Knights is going to be a four-player co-op game, so you can have four people. All right. So everyone can. Oh no, that's actually terrible. That means we can't keep making fun of it. (sighs) I'm pretty happy. It's a. I want to think that this is this is uh this is Warner Brothers being like we heard you, Nick. Here you go. It makes it makes (laughs) me feel like I have power. You know, I'm. I'm power hungry now. I'm gonna get a press pass to an event and tell them, and just tell them I'm the one that made you give me four player co op. And they're gonna look at me and be like, "Who are you?" And they kick me out of the event. In other news, <laughs> um, game very good game releases for this week. The biggest game to come out this week, uh, and this is the week of, and I'm gonna clarify, May 9th, 2022 to May 13th, 2022. All right. The biggest we, we the biggest game we have this week is Evil Dead the Game, releasing on everything. It looks really fun. It is a third person action uh Evil Dead game, you know? Uh I think it's an original story. I don't think it's it's kinda like a loose retelling of the first, you know, Evil Dead. I think that for one they've kinda hinted in like a couple of social media posts that the first major DLC is gonna give us Army of Darkness. So, okay. yeah, so it looks like they're going to start just slowly throwing in more and more things into the game. Uh, there's like, I think there's two modes. I think there's a story mode and then there's a essentially survivors versus demons mode. So, And what fortuitous timing that it's coming out right around the release of Doctor Strange 2, Madness Boogaloo, I was, considering. I, I, you know, I was about to say, it's very ironic that this comes out right around the time Sam Raimi puts out his uh, next big, big, uh, big movie. And the fact that, you know... I guess minor spoilers for what's to come. There is a minor, there is a minor cameo of Bruce uh, Campbell in the in the Doctor Strange. Oh, Street Bruce movie. Campbell having a cameo in a Sam Raimi film isn't. It's a not a spoiler. It's expected at this point. It's guaranteed. <laughs> uh, but definitely well timed. You know. Yeah. Uh, Anyways, another game we got coming out for PlayStation players. We got Unpacking, which is an excellent game that's come out for. I think it's come out for PC and Switch. It's out for PC for sure. Basically, it's the nostalgia of unpacking and uh, you know cleaning cleaning up your room after you move. So, oh, that thing I still haven't done. Yes, exactly. But it's 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 essentially it's a little narrative game about hey, like you know, where does all this stuff go in your room, and you unpack your life basically. It's oh, that's nice. It's a cute little game. It really is. It's it's actually really that makes cool. me sad just thinking about no, it. No, it's it's it, it's actually really cute. 
All right. This War of Mind, which is a cult classic, you know, I would call it cult classic narrative. It tells you about, like, the actual cost of war and stuff like that. Okay. That's coming out on PS5 and Xbox Series X, so the next-gen consoles. It's just a re-release, basically. It's called The Final Cut. Uh, Salt and Sacrifice is coming out for PlayStation 5 and PlayStation 4 and PC. Uh, Salt and Sacrifice is, the, I believe, the follow-up to Salt and Sanctuary. Basically, it's been called a Souls-like 2D like hack-and-slash game. So it's like Castlevania meets Dark Souls. Everyone's looking forward to this one. I haven't played the original, but I know it's going to do well. Uh, it actually comes out as of the day of recording tomorrow, so that's kind of cool. Last game to come out this week is Ayuden Chronicles Rising. Now, I had to look this one up, but it's by Natsume, Nats- Natsume Atari, so it's a Atari-published game. A developed oh, game okay. published by 505. It is a t- 2D platformer, you know, kind of similar to Invi- in- in- Indivisible, if you remember. In- yeah, Indivisible. Uh, it's kind of like that. Published and developed by adult, developed by Atari, and it, it, it looks really cool. It's it, I think it's I think it's like a prequel to a really big game called Ayuden Chronicle Hundred Heroes in Japan. So it's it's a it's a Japanese release through and through, but it is getting a Western release here on May tenth. So neat. I guess that's cool. <laughs> yeah, that's our roundup. The biggest is obviously the Evil Dead game. So like that's that's gonna probably be the biggest one for this week. Very much so. Enough about stuff that's going to happen. Tell us about what already happened. Okay. Uh, some interesting stuff is we got some happy birthdays in line. Hideki Kano, not Ano, not to be confused with the guy who made Evangelion. Uh, he uh was a producer on Super Mario Brothers three and World, and then ended up getting control of Super Mario Kart and started. Basically, he became the producer of all the Mario Kart games as like up to date now. He also had a hand in producing uh, Luigi's Mansion. So, a lot of people involved with Luigi's Mansion. I like it. Yeah, for some reason, I guess like all of Nintendo was involved in that game, which is pretty interesting. He was also the hardware di- hardware director for the Nintendo 3DS and cre- created Street Pass. So okay, interesting guy. So happy birthday to him. He's 57 years old this week. Happy birthday. Congrats. Happy birthday to the company Arc System Works that was founded 34 years ago this year. Uh, wow. In 1988. Fighting game, you know, absolute fighting game, um, you know, at this point that's what they're known for is fighting games. They're Absolute legends of the game. Yes. Uh, they also developed <laughs> Michael Jackson's Moonwalker for the Sega Master System. <laughs> So the Master System port was done by them. I did not know that. This what? Pretty interesting, actually. <laughs> so, uh, yeah, they've 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 uh, published a lot of very weird games for the Genesis. It looks like they did a lot of Genesis ports before, but kind of kind of getting their their niche with fighting games later on down the line. But happy birthday to them! They're definitely a big company. I love your games. Happy birthday to the Sega Saturn, launched twenty seven years ago uh, this week. Sega Saturn never also, stood a chance. Never stood a chance, but it also launched with Panzer Dragoon and Virtual Fighter. So happy birthday to those two as well. Yeah, Virtual Fighter being the first three D polygonal fighter ever, so it's pretty a big deal. And the Saturn, you know, what can you really say about the Saturn? It was a follow up to the Genesis. It's known for having the best, like some of the best arcade ports ever on a home console, like frame to frame. Like it's a really good game for like shmups and any two D sprite based stuff because it just runs it real well. Um, a lot of really good games came out on that system. It's very iconic. I mean, happy birthday, Sega Saturn. You know? That's really all I can say about that. And we're sorry. Yeah, and we're sorry. We're definitely sorry. Uh, last birthday, we got birth of Keiji Inafune. 
Keiji Inafune, if you don't know who he is, he is the guy who created Mega Man. <laughs> oh, that's why the name is familiar. Yeah, Inafune. Yeah, happy birthday. Yeah, happy birthday. He was involved with Mega Man, I think, all the way up to X Legends and Zero. So he's, yeah, he's 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 the Mega Man guy. He also worked on... Also, I hate you because your games are hard and I suck at them. <laughs> Keiji Inafune also worked on um, Dead Rising, <laughs> of all things. Okay. So, uh, he he's a Capcom guy through and through. He also worked on DuckTales and Chippendale Emulators, which are two absolute classic pla- platformers for the Nintendo. Um, I mean, he's the graphic designer for both of those. He did all the graphic design for all this. Character designer for Mega Man is the biggest thing that he's done, though. He, that's, he's contributed Very a lot good. of really good designs to such a beloved series. So, happy birthday to you. That's a huge one right there. Mr. Inafune himself. Games, uh, other games, because we got to mention some of them. Uh, Donkey Konga Two <laughs> came out uh, came out in two thousand five this week. Really weird game that uses a Congo drum peripheral. You probably seen. How dare you remind me of Donkey Konga? Donkey Konga. I'm is, kidding. Is I'm kidding. Game. Ten years ago is when we got the Minecraft th- uh, Minecraft Xbox three hundred and sixty edition. So the first console port of Minecraft. So okay. it's been on it's been on consoles now for over a decade. That's kind of interesting. Happy decaversary, Steve. 18 years ago, we got Custom Robo for the GameCube. Very, Ooh. very interesting game. A uh, very fun game. Uh, I believe the whole point of that game was making your own mechs and fighting them. Other games we got, we got Grand Theft Auto Vice City came out for the PC specifically 19 years ago. So that's the only reason I mentioned that is modding communities and everything. So, Not to be confused with the game Nick is putting together, Grand Theft Auto Spice City, where you play <laughs> as his homegrown Marvel villain. You, you play as Spice and Rum, or Rum and Spice. And, and you distribute drugged ice cream to the populace. Holy shit! Oh my god! Spice is the drug guy, doing? Rum is the alcohol guy, we need to get a gambling guy in there, and we need to get, we get into Vice City! It's Vice City! <sighs> Welcome to Vice City is my, my, my run on Spider-Man. I, I, I gotta learn how to draw now. That's gonna be, that's gonna be mine. Okay. Well, I wish you the best of luck. Next, we've got uh, Super Mario RPG uh, is 26 Ooh. years old this week. So that's a huge, huge, huge release right there. Sorry, Gino. You deserve better. You did. I, I've never played that game. I really need to change that. Another two releases that kind of go hand in hand. Uh, Oracle of Ages and Oracle of Seasons, Legend of Zelda for the Game Boy Color came out. Oh, yeah. Zelda Red and Blue. Yep. Zelda Red and Blue came out 20, 21 years ago this year. So Nice. Happy birthday to all those franchises and people and consoles and everything. Thank you for giving us fun, I guess. I don't know. I'm very, very, very excited that uh, I got to talk about <laughs> the, the Sega Saturn because I am a Sega Sega stan, so that's kind of my thing. But yeah, that's all I have for gaming news that I care about. Uh, there's honestly, it's been a kind of slow year to start up other than a lot of the merger stuff that happened with uh, uh, towards the beginning of the year. So we'll see what happens as we get into um we're getting into prominent game um, game teasing and game trailer season, so I don't know what the next event is, but I'll make sure that I follow it closely, so that way I can get some coverage for this. So, Very good. So before we start telling you more about Doctor Strange and the Multiverse of Madness, we have to ask an important question. Are there too many multiverses now? I mean, it's a trend. Uh, it's a trend because of Marvel. Ever since Marvel started with the whole multiverse thing with the Spider-Verse movies, uh... I think Spider-Verse was the first thing to really set it off, and ever since then, yeah, it's kind of, it's very prevalent. Not just in movies, though. Gaming as well. Uh, Ratchet and Clank, the new one, that was was featured around multiverses. 
it's just a trend. Like, Fortnite kind of has a multiverse thing going on with it. Of course, everything everywhere all at once shows like, even indie movies are getting into it. Yeah, it's de- it's definitely a concept that's been, like, definitely explored. <laughs> and I think what also doesn't help is that we've had the absolute threat of the Flash movie looming over our heads for actual years, knowing it was going to be some kind of Flashpoint adaptation. <laughs> Which, of course... Yet another multiverse. Yep. It's definitely a concept that is uh, being explored in all media, not just not just movies and gaming. It's everywhere. But I, I'm kind of getting sick of it. But like Marvel, I understand it's very key to like, you know, what they're trying to set up right now. If uh, trying to get all of these characters together at once, you kind of need the multiverse as a way to get that to happen. Yeah. And they've really only been using it since Loki. Yeah, Loki was a the the big point where they started with the MCU on it. Um, and that's not too far ago. How long was Loki? It was last year. Loki was June. It's been almost a year. Wow. Yeah, I mean to be fair, it's definitely been as much as you can say there's been a dominant theme in the MCU since Phase Four started because they've a lot of them have been kind of disconnected and off doing their own thing. Like you've got. Hawkeye for street-level stuff, Falcon and Winter Soldier for also street-level, but aiming more towards political. WandaVision is magic sitcom action dramedy com- rom- but Everything. It, it's a it's a show of many hats. Eternals is Eternals. weird space opera. St- well, not space opera, but... It's a it's a weird one. It's a weird one, but like... But you've had this multiverse thread going through Loki, What If... No Way Home, and now, of course, Doctor Strange 2. So I feel like that's been the thing that's really keeping it, and the fact that nobody knows what it's building to yet is why it feels like it's so prevalent. Because really, I don't necessarily think there's been any more multiverse stuff than there is any other kind of trend that's currently popular. I think it's just more obvious because of who's currently focusing on it. Right, yeah. I think that the uh, spotlight is on Disney and Marvel right now. And uh, I, I think that because, you know, these movies are so pivotal to our culture, it's going gonna, it's, it's gonna to sound like it's more prevalent because, you know, they're doing it and it's going to make money, so. <laughs> yeah. I wish Greg was here to tell us if F1 is doing a multiverse. They are. Aren't, isn't, isn't, oh, F1, like Formula Racers? I was kidding! Okay. I I do know that that there is there they that they're supposed to be doing a um Fast and the Furious like crossover with freaking Jurassic Park at some point. I, I'm pretty sure that's made up. Is it? Because it sounds like something they would do. I am decently certain that was made up. Because I, I I really want a scene where Vin Diesel meets up with Chris Pratt's character and like Chris Pratt like like he like pulls a gun to like to like the dinosaur like Blue and then the Chris Pratt goes shh. That's my family you're pointing your gun to. He's like, it's all about family. You gotta meet my family. And they all go out for dinner. And while they're out, all And then of- Chris Pratt, Bryce Dallas Howard, and a pack of velociraptors join for the barbecue at the end. Yeah, exactly. No, yeah, exactly. <laughs> and then they're like, this is what I it's hate. all about. It's all about family at the end of the day. Come on, you gotta join my family. <laughs> I want I want a show where Dominic Toretto goes to goes around the country like visiting people and see, experiencing their families. It's like a reality TV show. It's just Vin Diesel playing the character of him going, "I want to see your family. I want to I want to experience your family." Cuz it's all about family. 
Just this is like a Thanksgiving special or something? <laughs> no. Please, no. Okay, so our conclusion is, no, there isn't currently too much multiverse stuff. It just feels like there is. Correct. <laughs> so, moving on then, I guess. The review. It's time to talk first non-spoilers for Doctor Strange in the Multiverse of Madness, which is going to be hard to do because this film hits the ground running. No, no spoilers, okay? Uh, movie was good. Spoiler talk. <laughs> no, no. We, I, I feel like we should at least do some non-spoiler talk. I, I, Just, I get it. Okay. So this is... I liked it more than the first one, for sure. Th- this is... The, which which numbered movie is this after, like, in the uh, in Phase 4? Is this number 4? 5. 5? Okay. It definitely feels like Phase Phase 4 is getting its footing now. It feels like they've got kind of a cohesive plan on what they're doing with Phase 4 now. Spider-Man started it, but, like, this is definitely pushing it in a direction where I, I can kind of see what they're doing with it. I thoroughly enjoyed it. I thoroughly enjoyed it. Every bit, I mean, this is my favorite Marvel movie in a long time. I, I say that a lot, but this one, I, I I, I enjoyed every second of that movie. I really did. Uh, and yeah, there's flaws in it. It's not a perfect movie. Just like any movie, there's a, there's flaws with it. But I, I, I had a lot of fun watching it. I also really like Sam Raimi's directing style in general. I think that he was a really good fit as a director for this, since they try to take this in a more kind of horror, kind of, you know more PG, more hard PG-13 than the other movies are. Yeah, there's points where I wouldn't call it scary, but it's definitely unnerving and unsettling. And there are so I mean, there's definitely horror elements, which can't really get into. It's weird. It feels almost like a horror movie, but not necessarily one that's going to leave me terrified. It's a PG-13 Netflix horror movie. Yeah, something like that. It's like something you would find on Netflix with the horror level, but... It is definitely the darkest one of the the MCU movies in terms of the violence factor. It's very violent. God, is it violent? We'll go more into why later. But I I genuinely loved, you know, I really like what they're doing with Wanda. I really like what they're doing with with Doctor Strange. He kind of feels like he was more of a character in this movie than last movie. I think America Chavez does a really good job holding her own as a character. I really like her, and I did not expect myself to. I actually genuinely enjoyed her character, and I, I... from what I've read, read about her in the comics, I don't. I mean, I don't. I've not read a single comic with her. I just kind of thought that this is a character I'd hate right off the bat. But no, I, she's endearing. I liked. I liked her character and the role she played. It kind of fit with the movie. I kind of felt like her relationship with Strange was important and didn't feel like it was forced at all. Wong is on point. Wong is always on point. He's my. I'm so glad that like we just got a little bit of Wong, but it was enough Wong, you know. Wong makes a great Sorcerer Supreme. He really does, you know, and I'm glad that they didn't just, like, at the end of the movie, give the power, give the Sorcerer Supreme power back to, like, like they didn't just make Steven the Sorcerer Supreme at the end. Uh, yeah, Like, he's still definitely. Sorcerer Supreme. This one's one that I can't really say much more about without going into spoilers, but with just on the basics, I do want to say, I don't know how I would rate the overall soundtrack, but the musical cues okay. are on point. Like, every so often, there's just a thing that's just dropped at just the right moment. The scare chords on the piano are good. This is one of the best scores I've seen from Elfman, period. And I, I, it definitely, like, it took me a minute to figure out it was Elfman. You can hear his bumpy, vibrant, you know, um, like, mm. like it, it doesn't feel like an Elfman soundtrack. It just feels like a really good score. Like it, 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 I, I think my favorite part of the movie was the music. I think it was like we're not gonna. Ex- I'll explain it later. But the d- is one of the best things I've ever seen put to film ever. 
That was absolutely... I'm gonna bleep that just to be safe, and we can talk about it more later. Okay. I, we'll talk about that more definitely. There's just some amazing, amazing pieces in that movie. I was very impressed. I've, I've been, actually been listening to the soundtrack more, and I appreciate it a lot. Um, as a classical music guy and a guy that appreciates it, I, I love Danny Elfman's work in general. I mean, not just, you know, I mean, I liked him in, like, he's he was in Oingo Boingo in the 80s. I loved him when he was just doing musician work. But when he started picking his feet up with, like, Batman and all of the Tim Burton stuff that he did. Like, I mean, he is an excellent composer. And um, oh, yeah. this is one of my favorite scores that he's ever personally done. And you're right. It's not just, it's the sound design in general. It's the cues. It's like, you know, the scare stings at the right moment. Everything, every sound seems like it was put there for a reason. This is one of the best sound sound mixing I've seen it's seen from a Marvel movie. Because sometimes the sound mixing's off. Um, yeah. This one felt like it was, everything was like mixed perfectly and correctly. So I honestly think that this movie should be nominated for best sound, sound design and best, you know, sound mixing. Because, you know, I mean, if there's anything that superhero movies are, are always nominated for, it's something with like the sound department. Uh, this one yeah. deserves it. This one. It was. Not only was the, were the visuals cool and engaging, but the music and the audio was engaging. And that's really hard to do to do both. So definitely. I think the last thing i've really got that doesn't necessarily require spoilers is that i really appreciate that we're at a point in the mcu and we're superheroes in general where it really feels like they can cut loose we started getting bits and pieces of it from phase two onward but ever since phase four started it feels like they've just been like okay we're officially at a point we don't got to explain shit, and people will roll with it. Yeah. I just love that because one of my quibbles with Doctor Strange, the first one, is that the magic felt very samey and very watered down, and it all just boiled down to orange fireworks in the shape of various things and kung fu. Yes, there is some but, really cool um, ways that they utilize magic in this movie, in general. And they don't feel the need to justify most or of it. Or explain it. Most it. of it is just like... This is just a, it's just a thing that you could do when you're a good enough magician. And it's like, yeah, all right, cool. That's awesome. Yeah, you don't have to explain it. Too much explaining actually drags down a movie. So, like, show it rather does. than tell is one of the major things that you can give any storyteller ever. You know, I mean, especially a filmmaker. You know, show, show it rather than tell it. So, I mean, it was a lot more interesting to watch. Some of the spells that he was doing were very engaging and different. And you can definitely tell that this feels like this is a, a this is a Steven that's gone through some stuff, you know. He's right. he's gone through multiple movies worth of trauma and has gained skill as well. So like he's he's a lot more the Doctor Strange from the comics. Like or at least how I envision, you know, the perfect Doctor Strange from the comics. So Yeah. I have I have things that are mostly nitpicky complaints, but they're all Related to spoiler stuff, so did did you have anything else to throw in that's not spoilery? Let's go into spoilers. Alright, so final verdict, definitely go see it. I think it's probably my second or third favorite movie of Phase 4 so far. Honestly, I feel like when I look back at this, I'm going to like it better than No Way Home after there's been some distance put between both of them. I this is my current favorite for Phase Four, and quite honestly, it's up there for the best Marvel movie, in my opinion, that I've enjoyed because it hit all of the things that I wanted in a movie. In my opinion, if you can make something that only looks good but sounds good and has an excellent soundtrack score and you know 
visual style that like that's unique to it that hits all of my cues. It doesn't the, the story can be kind of bland. The story like I I like to see the experience of going to the movies and being in the theater with all the amazing audio you know the the various around sound system that they have sitting there with those beautiful images and imagery and all that crazy stuff that they were doing on screen while an amazing score plays. I mean, you know, sold me. So yeah. Yeah. I'm there for the experience, not the movie. The movie I can watch it on home on Netflix later on. That's fair. Mm-hmm. So yeah, if you don't want to be spoiled on the movie, uh, leave now. We'll have a time code. Come back and watch more or our Moon Knight discussion if you want. Or if you don't want to get spoiled on that either, thanks for listening. Make sure to tune back in and watch the rest of this after you've caught up with the movie. Yep. So, Give okay, us those extra three. views. <laughs> exactly. Mm-hmm. Three... Two, one, spoilers. So, so Wanda's a hell of a bad guy. I absolutely loved what they, they were doing with Wanda. It was awesome to see her. Like, in Endgame, even, it felt like she could have taken on Thanos quite... She was doing a really good job against Thanos by herself. Now that she's un, she doesn't care and she's kind of all, all the only thing she cares about is getting this fantasy back that she thinks is her 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 kids. She wants to have this fantasy life back that she was living, um, and nothing else matters. She's menacing and terrifying, and Elizabeth Olsen really puts it all into like being menacing and terrifying in a way where it doesn't seem like it's in contrast to the character she's playing. She does, and really, it's it's great for me because I'm probably at the very least vice president of the Wanda Maximoff is a terrible person fan club. <laughs> so for me, this is great to see because it's like, oh yeah, see she, she's a terrible superhero. Always kind of has been. Mm-hmm. Not only that, it vindicates the fact that I hated how WandaVision ended because it turns out, yeah, letting her fly off by herself to study magic from the Book of the Damned with no supervision whatsoever bad idea with terrible consequences probably should have done something about that monica <laughs> that's my one division rant over <laughs> so that's another thing i want to kind of segue into this is the first real interaction that we've had beyond like a post credit scene in black widow this is the first like interaction that we've had with the uh, disney plus shows other than that one interaction of the post credit scene on black widow where it shows them you know it shows uh What's her name? Basically, Val. Yeah, it shows approaching Yelena. Yeah, that's like this is like this is like more and like a direct reference and a direct influence into the story from the Netflix. Yeah, this shows. genuinely feels like the first time where if you have not been keeping up with the shows, you, this isn't going to make any sense at all. Um, but I don't think like you don't necessarily. It's it's it will be confusing because you're like, who the hell are these kids? Why haven't I seen them ever? You know, like what the hell is going on with these kids and why does she care? Uh, and it's honestly kind of important to know her arc, you know, and why she changed to be this evil, but it's not necessary. See, I don't know, I feel like Wanda, Wanda being possessed by the Book of the Damned, not something that needs set up. Wanda wants her imaginary kids back, that's, uh, wait, when did that happen? Right? <laughs> yeah, <laughs> If you're not point. watching the shows, it's like... What kids? If anything, this kind of cements that you really need to keep up with the everything Marvel in order to actually understand truly what's going on. But I also like that it's a show that happened over a year ago, so it it gave people time to catch up. Right, it isn't like they're just throwing references to Moon Knight in here. 
Uh, yeah, that would be a dick move. <laughs> that would be a huge dick move. Yeah, like... Uh, I'm resisting the urge to blurt out Moon Knight spoilers right now. Well, we can talk about them shortly Later. after this. Um, yeah. I still want to say, like... I want to talk about the scene, my favorite scene in the entire movie. And it's not the it's not the references. It's not like the cameos yep. or anything like that. It's that diegetic fight scene. That Ugh, that is one of the so coolest bad. things I've ever seen on screen ever. Not just like the the way that they did it by taking the actual notes from the sheet of music and then every attack. Like, please get Makes Sam the sounds. Get Sam Raimi for a true actual Sorcerer's Apprentice movie. Ooh. Where like they have a diegetic. Oh my god, and just. I loved every second of that. It gave me chills. I was absolutely like floored by like how well the directing and you know the sound direction was. It, that was one of the best things things I've seen in the theaters, and like I, I was truly blown away by that. Um, yeah. Not not and like you can this even if, not not only just because this is a Marvel movie, but like any movie, if you have a diegetic fight scene that that like has it that in tune to it, like that's that's really impressive to do and really hard. And that's to do. just. It just ties back into, it's a really creative use of magic. It's right. not just summoning thunderclaps or something. It's it's taking an abstract concept of musical notes and weaponizing those. I mean, That's just, ah. I made I made the I made I made a joke and Christina didn't appreciate it. Too, you know, oh. um, I I said uh, during the movie I, I I turned to her while that that scene was happening. I said I guess he's playing those notes a little sharp, and she she's a shut. <laughs> I don't blame her. It's a pretty bad joke, but I liked it. That was pretty bad. I think to kind of tie to kind of tie it into the whole thing we were saying about Wanda. I think one thing that I also really like about this movie is that even though Wanda is the villain and does a fantastic job, and a lot of it centers around her and what she wants, this still feels like a Doctor Strange movie. It does. Yeah, it definitely does. Uh, I love the Sam Raimi horror elements that were added in, though. This truly had, like, a lot of the, some of the high horror concepts that were added. It felt like it came straight from Evil Dead. Like, a lot of, like, you know, like, the demons specifically, like, when, you know... Oh, yeah, that was just th That was Evil just Dead. The, uh, Evil Dead. Also, the scene where Wanda was grabbing them out of the water, the reflections, that kind of had a feel of, like, Evil Dead kind of, like, crazy violence. Kinda, like, crazy, like, That felt like element. The Ring. It did feel like The Ring, but, like, it kind of also felt like it'd be something that Sam Raimi would direct. You know, like, yeah. uh, and like her crawling out of the mirror, that was all Ugh. terrifying. I, I really enjoyed, like, some of those more crazy, like, like macabre elements of this movie really made it. Um, it's also bonkers to just watch her tear through the entirety of Camertage and realize, okay, yep, yep, not only is she the bad guy, she is a big threat. Yeah, and uh, we'll talk about the other scene in a minute. You know, uh, the Illuminati. We'll say that. Uh, yeah, we'll get to them. In a, the, we'll get to them later. Later, but like that but scene, holy shit! I like. I I really do like that. It still feels like a strange movie. He's got a clear arc of you can't get, and it actually contrasts nicely with Wanda's of you cannot get wrapped up in what might have been. You have to just deal with the deal with what you have. And work with that. They have a very similar arc in this movie that's played in two different, completely opposite ways. I like that. Yeah, it's very nice. And Benedict Cumberbatch, of course, does a great job as strange as normal. <laughs> I mean, yeah. At this point, he's played the character through 
multiple, like, how many movies Through now? Through a Doctor Strange movie, and then enough supporting appearances to basically make a second Doctor Strange movie. And then a third Doctor Strange movie. <laughs> this is basically Doctor Strange 3 at this point. Doctor Strange 3, please look at me. <laughs> One thing I found kind of annoying in this movie, though, is they keep giving Strange shit, and they keep falling back on, oh, you gave the Time Stone to Thanos, or... Oh, this was the only way, and it's like, bitch, he looked through 14 million timelines and found one successful one. Bet your ass if I looked through 14 million timelines and found one success, I'm hanging on to that one. Right. I'm not looking for something else. Yeah, I, I completely understand. Um, it's one of those, especially because they had the perfect thing, they could have, obviously it would take a little bit of stretching to find out, to figure out how people knew about it, but... Doctor Strange being willing to break the universe just to get Spider-Man into MIT is right there. Yeah. I, I'm... How, okay, so can we can we jump over to, like, the, the uh, setup for the, the what they're trying to do with this movie? With the bringing... Secret Wars? Yeah. They're, they're, yeah. they're definitely bringing in Secret Wars now. Yeah, I mean, this is spoiler talk. All bets are off. Doesn't matter now. With all the incursion talk, this is this is Secret Wars. Yeah. Um, what is your take on how they're doing it? I think they're going more time runs out with universes potentially colliding into each other. Maybe it's something Kang's doing. Who knows? Okay. Uh, it could be Kang. It could be... Um, I don't know. I'm really curious to see how Secret Invasion is going to hit in with this. Probably um, not very much, because it's very, it's much more just space-related, typically, than it is multiverse-related. Yeah, that, that, I, I see it. Um, I'm, so, I, I guess the- You finally got Clea. Yeah, that was a huge pull. I, I assumed it was gonna happen. They got Shirley's Theron to be Clea. Clea, Clea, Clea. Cle Clea, what the hell? her name is Clea, right, what is it, Clea- Vaughn, what is it? Her, what is I her, think it's just Clea. Is it just Clea? She's, she's from the Dark Dimension. She's Dormammu's niece. Is she really? Yes. Oh. I do think it was a little on the nose that they set up a whole thing of, oh, Strange, you have to be willing to open yourself up and get over Christine and yeah, just you to, know, to, to, be willing to let yourself love. And then the character who happens to be Strange's wife in the comics just shows up right then. A little on the nose, but I've been waiting for Clea, so I'll take it. Also, uh, was that first scene, was that the night, was that night, the nightmare dimension? Was that the, or is that like just an alternate dimension? I think it was just a space between spaces. Okay. Is what alternate Christine called it at one point. Okay. The gap between dimensions or something. I, it looked very much like the nightmare dimension. Uh, like, mm. it, it looked, to me, like, uh, of course, when I say I, I, I've read some of the comics, I'm talking about the old shit from the 70s. Yeah. Uh, it looked a lot, a lot, a lot like the interpretations of the nightmare, the nightmare, um, you know, uh, of no, of that that form of nightmare, and I was expecting them to like to kind of play with that, and you know, they they did a little bit, um, but I was like, oh shit, okay, this looks like you know the nightmare dimension. This is pretty cool. Also, like, I I don't know, I'm very very happy with what we got. I, honestly, I couldn't ask oh, for anything else. Like, like I've got. Okay, can we talk about Chavez? Yeah. Uh, my, my one thing, and I guess this is just a me thing because nobody else seemed to agree, I, I busted out laughing at her backstory. It's not that funny. 
It's really. I think it's. I think it's plenty funny. It's funny how they showed it because it, it was very jarring. But it was the bee wasn't like the fact that she got scared of a bee isn't why her parents got you know lost in the, the different. No, universe. see the thing is, I agree thematically. You are correct, and narratively, you are correct. What got her parents <laughs> disappeared is the is the lack of control over her own powers and her own fears and insecurities, which kind of mirrors also what's going on with Strange and Wanda. But the fact of the matter is, per the actual text of the movie, the visual of the movie, getting scared by a bee cost her her parents. And that's <laughs> fucking hilarious. As tragic backstories go, that's like, that's like if a bat flew past Bruce and his parents in Crime <laughs> Alley, and Bruce shouts, and then all of a sudden some rando with a gun just fucking pops out of his veranda <laughs> and just shoots both of his parents. It's, 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 it's like Corella when her mom gets killed by a Dalmatian. <laughs> <laughs> it's, it's one of those things where I 100% understand and respect the intent. I don't respect that think. intent. That was one of the worst things I've ever seen ever. I was no, I meant I meant I, Doctor I know, Strange. Doctor Strange one, yeah. But other than her backstory, but, what did you think about? <laughs> oh, other than that, fine, absolutely. Is she absolutely is she doing. similar? Like, how, how different is she from in the comics? Is in the comics, I she's, thought she's toned kind of a down a lot personality wise. I think yeah. uh, in the comics, she tends to be a little more. Bitchy? Headstrong, okay. I'd say. Well, you said it the nicer way. <laughs> yeah, I mean, you know, she's not bad. I've only read, I've only read some things with her in it, like the first vo- volume of, no, not the first volume of Young Avengers, the first one where they got back together and Kid Loki's part of the team, but it's not actually Kid Loki. It's uh, reincarnated evil Loki possessing the body of his younger self, but motivated by his guilt to try to be a better person. It's complicated, where she's keeping an eye on. Wiccan, aka Billy Maxima. I don't remember what his last name is. The 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 one a kid with magic, because somebody wants him for his multiversal powers, and Loki's like, I could take them, just kill him and give me the powers. And she's like, I should kill you for that one. Like she does. She's not. She's not a total bitch. She's just very. She's just very headstrong about the way she goes about things, and very uh very, yeah, yeah. Here she's a little more. Naive. Personable, I guess, is the way to put it. I, I, I actually liked her a lot. Uh, I, I, I yeah. liked her character a lot. I, um, it, it, it was, I, I've always gotten that interpretation that she's just a bitch in the comics. Uh, but, like, here she was kind of likable, and I liked that her, her, she was still kind of sassy without being annoying. Like, she was- I think it also helps that, because her being a multiversal singularity- is also a thing in the comics. Okay, it is. In the comics, though, something like that doesn't serve much purpose other than trying to emphasize how totally and completely special your character is, especially when it's somebody who... It's not like it's the living tribunal where it's a fundamental force of the universe. She makes she makes star-shaped portals to other realities. Cool. That doesn't seem like the kind of thing that's worthy of being the only one in the multiverse, and it just kind of raises more questions and answers about... How is it in an infinite multiverse there's literally no other use? And it's still it's still a question in the MCU, but I feel like since in the MCU they make a point of it in this movie that you can't physically cross between dimensions, that making her one of a kind was kind of a necessity. Hmm. 
Okay. Yeah, I see what you're saying. You know, and it definitely, I I don't know the way that I I uh I just liked her character from a character perspective, not knowing anything about how the character is. Uh, I I yeah. liked how she interacted with Strange, and I liked I liked their relationship, and I like that she's going to be, at least for the moment, training to in training at the at the temple with everyone else. Uh, you know? yeah, I wonder how that's gonna work because she doesn't typically have magical abilities beyond you know kicking star shaped holes in reality in the in the comics. So I wonder if maybe it's going to be she doesn't actually have any magical aptitude so she ends up just helping strange out in her own multiverse portal kicking way. Yeah, that's what I think is probably going to end up being like. Maybe it's just they're trying to watch over her cuz she's a powerful being. <laughs> actually, that poses a question. Why doesn't her staying in that universe cause an incursion? Because she's mm. Because she's not from that universe. You know, that's a good point. That's a good point. Uh, I was Maybe it's an incursion is caused when there's two versions of the same person running around? No, wait, but Strange, Sinister Strange, apparently managed to cause an incursion by constantly dreamwalking. Hmm. Huh. Whatever. Which, speaking of, he was really creepy. Yes, he was. Especially because at first you think he's just, oh, this is just... Sad strange who's lost his entire universe, and then you realize, oh, he did this. Oh, he's not apologetic, and then he drops that bit of, you ever had that dream where you're falling off a tall building? That's me. That was probably me. <laughs> it's like, oh, no, you're just gone. <laughs> <laughs> but um, let's talk about the Illuminati a little bit. Yeah, all right. Uh, holy fucking <laughs> shit. Did you expect this? <laughs> no. Actually, I... I ran into some rumors about the movie that actually ended up kind of panning out with some of this stuff, but the rumors that I had saw did not have Black Bolt, and they did not have um, Mr. Fantastic. The fact that Reed Richards actually showed up, and yes, it's a multiverse version of him, but it's still Reed Richards, is huge. There, that was That was the first moment where I've seen an entire theater clap. Since Endgame. That was... And it was even better because as soon as I heard Baxter Foundation... Yeah, yeah, I, just, I was the same way. I was like, they're doing it, aren't they? I'm bouncing up and down in my seat just waiting. I'm like, oh... Because there's only... Because quite honestly, there's only one other being that is probably that smart enough to, to come up with the old... Like, the Ultron bots and all that other stuff. It's it's Reed Richards. So... Well, I wonder... Because... I wonder if maybe they were planning on having an Iron Man variant at some point. And then they decided not to. Because, obviously, I mean, in the comics, Ultron was built by Hank Pym. Right. But now, thanks to the movies, he's also associated pretty heavily with Iron Man. So, they did say, when reshoots were happening, that part of the reason why the reshoots were so extensive was so they could kind of make more cameos that include more cameos that people were really going to enjoy in the wake of No Way Home being a huge success. So... I wonder if maybe originally they were going to have variant Iron Man, and then they decided, well, you know what, Mister Fantastic's probably better. The rumor, the rumor for a while was it was Tom Cruise as Iron Man. Yeah, the other one that I'd heard was that Balder the Brave was going to be part of the Illuminati, and a lot of people were rumor, were thinking that that was going to be uh, Bruce Campbell's. That would be awesome. That would have been actually really cool, actually. It would have been, but again, because there was no 
there was no sign of Black Bolt in the rumors that I saw. I think what it was was they decided, assuming, assuming you know, there's any legitimacy to any of this, <laughs> I think they were probably like, okay, Mr. Fantastic is probably a better pull than an Iron Man who isn't Robert Downey Jr., and just for the sheer audacity, Black Bolt is probably a better pull than an Asgardian who the movie-going audience is not going to be familiar with. I'm... I am so shocked that it was the fan cast too, that it was Krasinski. And yeah. that was he's a really I really liked him in that role. He was. He was so he was good. Very good. He was way Except better than Except for the I part expected. where he got Black Bolt killed by blabbing to Wanda. But you know what I mean. Like you World's know, smartest man. <laughs> <laughs> that being said, like in general, holy shit, I want more. And I, I, I don't know if they'll give us more or if that's just a variant. Well, I don't want to get your hopes up, but a a, a thought occurred. Mm. Fantastic Four just lost its director. Right. John Krasinski is also a director. Correct. Who has directed movies starring himself. Oh my god. I'm not saying they got him for Fantastic Four, but I am saying the timing is weird. Oh my god, that would be awesome actually. I I I'm not I'm not going to get my hopes up. Well, just the fact that he's there, just the fact, the fact that he's, he's there, there at all it, is amazing, it's amazing and I'm very happy. And I'm for so it. glad that because it was the elephant in the room. When are they going to introduce the Fantastic 4? When are they going to And if we never get X-Men? him again, yeah, that's, that's fine. fine, but like we needed it. It was like, you know, that was I didn't see like everyone was clapping at that moment. It was basically, it's basically, yep, we get it, we know, you want to see Fantastic Four, you want to see X-Men, I'm sorry we don't, they're coming, guys, they're coming. <laughs> also, and then they just threw in Black Bolt with like, yeah, okay, them too, I guess. And then also, like, it's we got 92, we, we got 92 uh, Charles Xavier, so that was pretty awesome too to see. Because it was def- the fact, hmm? oh, you, you know what, talking about, I'm, I'm gonna... Go back to the musical yes, thing. Yes, yes, at the, the ninety-two da, 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 was just <sighs> ah. And the it only was thing that mm-hmm. the only thing that got a better the only thing that got a better reaction out of me was when they first go to Wanda, but immediately before then you get the WandaVision jingle. Yeah, they did a really good job of like, and it was it wasn't like over like it was subtle, like it was it was they knew what they were doing, but I, it was a way to kind of make them a character theme almost. Um, yeah, I like that we're at the point where these characters can have a s- distinctive leitmotifs that are associated with them, so that when it plays, you know what's coming. Also, like, just more Charles Xavier made me, like, very happy to see. And it's more... another one of those cases where, and in this case, I probably don't think, as certainly we're not going to get him again for MCU X-Men. Maybe if they do another multiversal thing, we might get him as another variant of Professor X, but that's fine. Well... Just Patrick's getting him very here old. was crazy. He's very old. So, yeah. like, you know, we need to get somebody kind of younger. Um, if, exactly. If we're going to keep the MCU going for It was just a nice thing to see. And it's also, I think it's also trying to put the, drive the fact home that it's 92, it's 92 Xavier. And we're getting, well, hmm? Funny thing there, not necessarily. Because while he does have a lot of the look associated and they do play the theme... He actually does drop a quote from his Days of Future Past self. Mm. So I think this is supposed to be more of a conglomerate 
Xavier. If it was if it was specifically ninety two, it would be very hype though, because ninety two's getting another season, remember? Right. Kinda hard to do when he's dead though. Yeah, good point. <laughs> yeah, no, but specifically he, he drops the just because someone stumbles and loses their way doesn't mean they're lost forever. Which is from Days of Future Past. So I think he's supposed to be just kind of a composite Xavier. Mordo was pretty good. Honestly, Black Bolt just surprises me because it's the same guy from the TV show. So Marvel had the balls to be like, hey, you remember this shitty thing everybody hated? Yeah. Well, it's just to see him get killed, I guess. <laughs> so did everybody else there. It's still, it's still nutty. That, that... Do, you know, do you know what Doctor Strange said to him after Professor X introduced him? Because Strange says something, and it sounded like gibberish to me, and I still have not been able to figure out what it was. I didn't, I didn't figure it out, no. So, w- Damn wait, it. wait till the DVD comes out and we can see the subtitles. Yeah, because it sounded like he said, like, Hadagata. And I don't <laughs> know if that's actually a thing, or if he was just making fun of Blackagar Boltagon, sounding like a bunch of nonsense. <laughs> the other two were fine, like... Captain Carter probably should have gotten a little more time. And... Captain Carter is actually really hyped too. Not gonna lie. So yeah, yeah, and she's really good in it's... live. They did a really good job with the live action interpretation of her. Oh yeah, it's really great to see Haley Atwell back, of course, mm-hmm. and and Lashana Lynch too. Mm-hmm. Just I don't know. Her Captain Marvel was. Uh... I feel like it would have been harder to kill Carol Danvers. Let's be honest. Those every character was going to be overshadowed by by Richards and and, and yeah. Xavier. Like, I'm that makes me the absolute happiest that I can see is seeing a Reed Richards that I don't hate on screen, and yeah, that like the suit was a nice interpretation of the classic look, but with the modern and like Marvel style, like right, it 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 felt like it felt right, you know. Okay, you know what? Minor multiverse quibbles. Mm. Why does Christine's work outfit have heels? I don't know. I didn't even notice it had heels. I noticed as soon... Because they... It gets some focus, and I'm like, this is dumb. This is really stupid. I didn't even I'm, notice that. I'm getting increasingly sick of... I'm getting increasingly sick of these outfits have high heels for no reason. Well, honestly, let's just... I'm just going to sum up the rest of my feelings for this movie, because let's move on to... The, to uh... To the finale of uh, of our our good old boy. Um, Wait, I think there was still something else. Oh, right, yeah. The other the other minor quibble. Um, stop labeling other universes six one six. Stop mm. it. It's so stupid. The MCU. Not only does the MCU have its own designation in the multiverse, there's also the thing of. There is no reason to call it 616. 616 is one of those things that only people who pay attention to the comics are going to get, and there's no point making this reference for them, because all they're going to do is go, but that's not right. Because 616 is the main Marvel Comics universe, and it was picked as that number specifically so they could avert the whole, oh, the most important world is Earth-1 thing, and it's just, ah, I hate it. I hate it even more because now people can be like, oh, see, Mysterio did know about the universe, or about the multiverse. He even got the universe designation right. No, no, it's a, it's a, it's a mythology gag. It's a gimmick. Shut up. God. And why the hell, if you're cataloging universes, why would you not make your own Earth Earth 1? Because I assume 838 has its own designation system. 
because they don't seem to care much about other universes, so why would they use another universe's designation? Anyways, that's my nitpick. Th- that's, that is a weenie hut general uh, of a nitpick. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> that, that, yep, I, t- I told you it was a nitpick. It is, in fact, the Weenie Hut General of nitpicks. <laughs> hey, you want to look at my card collection? Cool, man. I- <laughs> the Illuminati just gets fucking shredded. Yes, they do. That felt like Invincible right there. Oh. <laughs> it was very violent fun. and very great. I now want a Disney Plus special of them versus Thanos. Ooh, that'd be interesting. I know we'll never get it, and I'm fine with that, but if they were to give it to me, I'm just saying, there's a, as Ch- as Chase would say, there's a nice, crisp Jefferson in it for you. <laughs> well, uh, we're pushing kind of long, so let's push, let's we go on, are. Let's, let's go on to Moonlight, Moon, Moon Knight for a little bit. Yeah, lo- long story short, uh, definitely go see this movie. Definitely and... worth the money. Yeah, 100%. And the time. Honestly, it was even worth it to see it in 3D, and I say that as somebody who does not really Is like the 3D. Is the 3D Because I, I should have seen it in 3D. I found it distracting, but I find all 3D distracting. Good so, point. yeah. This movie is metal as hell, too. Yes, it is. It really is. Anyways, moving on. Moon Knight. We're gonna. This is just gonna be spoilers. If you're. <laughs> if, if, if you're listening to people talk about the finale of this episode, come on. <laughs> so of the series, yeah. It would be really nice if one of these series besides Hawkeye could get their fucking act together on the finale. Is it just the pacing that you had a problem with? Yeah, it feels like so many of these are trying to cram in too many subplots that they don't have time for, and then they rush to get them all done in the last episode instead of... They're treating them like movies when they should be treating them like shows and resolving more subplots as the show goes on instead of the movie approach, which is build, 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 tie it all together. I uh, I agree with Chase. He said that it deserved another episode or so. Yeah, just to they, they all feel up. like they deserve at least one more episode. Except Hawkeye. Hawkeye was fine. Hawkeye, oh, I loved Hawkeye. Um, Hawkeye did the best job with what it was given. But that being said, going back to Moon Knight, yeah, yeah, it was a little rushed, but like, uh, I did enjoy seeing a lot of the the hits in the in the episode. It was a really fun episode. The action scenes were awesome, uh, especially I love seeing uh, uh, I like seeing Mister Knight with his full like you know skill set. Kick some ass! Oh god, that was so cool. <laughs> that was my favorite part. I of the like whole that Stephen has turned into the one more willing to stand up to Conchu now of. Not only just saying no, but being willing to just call him out on his shit. That's the thing, is they both went through massive character arcs, and, like, I love I love their current di- dynamic that they have. I love everything about, like, like they've sold me. Like, I've been sold on this relationship that they've, they've, they've gotten now. And at the very, the post-credit scene just makes things a little bit more interesting. Yeah, I'm very annoyed that I I have a real problem with cliffhanger endings now. Which I guess this technically isn't, because if anything, the post-credit scene wraps up something that would have otherwise been a cliffhanger. But it feels like that's a blatant, okay, yeah, we really want to do a season two, but a season two is not guaranteed, apparently, which is bonkers to me, because it's just like, you already made it, you're already not making money off it, might as well make more. 
<laughs> I don't know. I don't know. I I liked Layla's transformation as well. Yeah. Her becoming the Scarlet Scarab is neat. Is that what it's called? Yeah, it's an okay. actual superhero. I did not know this Marvel. because I don't read a lot of the comics, but uh, I really enjoyed that transformation, and she was really cool. I liked her powers. She kind of felt like a cross between Wonder Woman and Hawk Hawkman. <laughs> it really did feel like a better version of the stupid chicken armor from Wonder Woman 84. I did quite hate the one line that they threw away as, you're a Pakistani hero or you're an Egyptian hero? Yes, it kind of felt forced, but... Eh. I feel like in this context it makes sense because it's like, oh yeah, superheroes, they're a thing now. So now it's like, oh, we've got one now. Okay. Yeah, it just felt a little forced to me, but that was that's just me. But No, you know what felt forced to me? The big giant stupid CGI kaiju god fight. <laughs> I liked it. It was stupid and corny. I liked the banter between them, but the thing is, I think the thing that makes me dislike it the most is the fact that they cut away from the final bit of Moon Knight's fight with Harrow, which would ordinarily be a really clever subversion of the superhero third act fight climax thing, especially because, you know, people are, I'm not going to say people are sick of it, but it's a noted thing, you know, that's just how mm -hmm. these movies go down. And skipping over it entirely to, yeah, Stephen one would have been really funny, a really interesting subversion. If there wasn't a big giant CGI fight going on in the background, which kind of makes me think that what actually happened is that's where all the budget went. <laughs> probably. You're probably right on that. That that felt a little, how fucking dare you? Overall, uh, what, like, if you could rate the series, where would you, like, what would you give it? Hmm. I would say... Second or third best it's definitely up there it's definitely really good i i, I liked it better it. than loki what if or falcon and winter soldier i just it's in a spot where i feel like it's in a like middle spot between wandavision and hawkeye where it feels it feels more ambitious than hawkeye but not as ambitious as wandavision so it's kind of a those three are all battling out at any given point, although this one has the problem of its finale is very much... It feels way more rushed than WandaVision's even did. So, I don't know. I do hope we get some Jake Lock... God! Just Conchu being a smooth fucking criminal at the end with the... You wanna know something? And he just keeps going, <laughs> and, and Harrow's just like, yeah, 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 yada, yada, expecting this year to drop. It's like, you can't hurt us, you don't have an avatar. It's like... Bitch, I might be. <laughs> <laughs> Meet my friend, Jake Lockley. <laughs> yeah, that was that was a pretty that was pretty cool. I like the ending a lot. I oh. do think we could have used a little more establishment of the new status quo for Mark and Steven. Like, is Layla involved? Are they are they just doing their own thing? Steven said we'd rather save the world, but what does that mean when they've rejected Conchu's offer to continue being their avatar, like, are they still going on adventures with Layla, and now it's just, like, they're using their combined fighting skills slash knowledge skills to do stuff? What does that mean? It would have been, hmm. been nice to get some more time to focus on it, because this was actually a pretty short finale episode. So, uh, yeah, I, I really enjoyed it. I, um, 
I was really curious to see if any of the post credit scenes were going to do anything with the supernatural stuff, or... Like, I that's what I wanted for going back to Doctor Strange. I wanted them just to have something that set up, like, the Midnight Suns, or, like, uh, some, like, mm. very basic beginnings of that. Because that's what I'm assuming is going to happen. After we get Blade, we're probably going to get a Midnight Sun. Uh, I think it... Mm-hmm. You know what? It general it genuinely might be a thing of they want to see because Marvel's big thing is now they have gotten really good at not necessarily committing to anything mm-hmm. and just leaving the door open. So I think they might want to make sure all their prospective members of the Midnight Suns are well received. So if they have to make roster changes, they know in advance. Because, like, I think after that, like, they can give it its own miniseries on Disney Plus for, like, the Midnight Suns, kind of like the Defenders had one on Netflix when they had all their shit. Um, Yeah. And, like, six, seven episodes of, you know, everyone shooting the shit. That would be awesome. (laughs) Uh, God, I really want it. I just want them to start setting up some of the supernatural stuff for Marvel again. I like that stuff a lot. Yeah. Uh, Agreed. And, uh, you know, I don't know. I'm just, I really hope Moon Knight's involved if they do a Midnight Sun. That would be really cool. <laughs> just to have... Yeah, as, ni- hmm? as nice as it was to... I did like that this series was self-contained for the most part. You got a few references here and there, like I mentioned of the ancestral plane from Tawaret. Or Tawar- Tawaret? Uh, however you pronounce it. Hippo lady. <laughs> yeah. The, uh, the hippopotamus lady. But... Who I adore, by the way. She's great. <laughs> But I do, I do hope Moon Knight gets to show up and play in the larger sandbox later. As much as it doesn't necessarily need to be in his own series, but since he is explicitly supernatural here, it does make sense to bring him in eventually. Just I would just love to see that. I'd love to see him interacting with Strange and uh, possibly like if they could get a good Ghost Rider in there. Oh, that would be awesome. Interesting thing. Apparently, and this wasn't going to be, I, I think it was going to be, they were going to be interacting with an ancient avatar of Khonshu, but at one point they did consider getting some of the Eternals into this mo- into this series. Oh, that would be interesting. Yeah, I guess it didn't pan out and they really did decide it was better off without any of that, which, yeah, agreed. Agreed. But... Yeah, I guess that's my final rating for it. Is it was pretty good. Uh, I'm yeah. curious to see what's the next mini series we got. Is it Secret Invasion or is it that is Miss Marvel? Miss Marvel is next, and when is that? That is uh, June. Holy that's shit! Not the way actually. Wait, are we gonna have a concurrent like two Disney Plus shows? It's gonna be shows? running concurrent with Obi Wan. Wow, really? Yep. The first one. Who knows? <laughs> Maybe we'll have to ditch discussion topics or something. <laughs> Honestly, just we're gonna. If we run out of discussion topics, we got two things to review each week. Yeah. After a while, so. And speaking of reviews, next week, probably Firestarter. Oh, Firestarter's next week? I believe so. Oh, I want to see Firestarter. Same. Shit, yeah, okay, let's review that. Screw it. I like a, I like a good Stephen King adaptation. Hell, I like a bad Stephen King adaptation. Th- this is Thurs- uh, Thursday, I'm going to probably go see it then. I may try to go see it a different night for other reasons, but plus, I'm definitely seeing it. Plus side is my girlfriend likes bad horror movies, so All if right. this is a bad horror movie, I got a good date night. So and if it's a win. good horror movie, you got to see a good horror movie. Exactly, so it's not a, lo- it's not a loss at all, so. Yeah. All right. I so think yeah. that wraps things up. Yeah, thank you for tuning in. 
Everybody, if you haven't liked or subscribed, you'd please do that. Give us comments on stuff that you want us to talk about. You know, topics. You know, just how about this? Leave us leave leave comments on future discussion topics that you want us to discuss. Anything? Yeah, we'll one hundred percent steal your ideas for content. Yeah, that's that's our that's that's called easy content. No, but uh, if you want us to discuss anything, you know, in general, just shoot it down in the comments. We're more than happy to do that. Uh, Depending but, on the topic. <laughs> but for the three people who put comments out there, thank you for commenting. Uh, Genuinely. That genuinely, it's pretty awesome. I'm and, bad at interacting with comments, but thank you. Uh, and in general, I guess until next week, uh, I'm Nick, aka Duckman. I am Cody, aka the Scarlet Troll. And this has been Under the Bridge. Under the Bridge. I bye everybody. Bye.